welcome back to Star Girl Podcast. This is for season three, episode five, chapter five, The Thief. So Lizzie and I briefly talked before starting our recording, and we promised ourselves that we wouldn't complain about Sylvester until we were actually recording. So Lizzie, the time has come. Um, God, why is he still here? I'm tired. This is not Starman. Also, I'm just tired, tired of him. He literally spent the entire episode giving everyone bad advice. <laughs> everyone who followed his advice got it wrong. Mike, Rick, like everyone. Like, it's I mean, moment. he's trying, I guess. Like, he can get credit for attempting to bond with the kids. But that's it. Oh, God. I'm not I'm not happy with him. And then I think this has been... I don't like to criticize this show. I love this show. But I think this has been a really big miscalculation in season three. We have spent way too much time on him. I had the hopes that by episode five, this would be wrapping up. And I don't think he's going anywhere. And I cannot actually like make it an entire season with Sylvester. Like I cannot... He's good for absolutely nothing. He interrupted poor Beth in the middle of her test, and he was like, oh, it's fine. Just hack this quickly. What is wrong with you? Yeah, he's um, he is not his best self. Like, I don't know if we know what his best self is, but he is certainly not there. He, like, lost his temper and went all unhinged again um, towards the beginning of the episode. So I'm not really sure what his place in this show is. And kind of like you said, how we're now in episode five, we have a 13 episode season, right? Yeah. And he's still just not really moving anything forward for me anyway. So I just, I don't know. And then, yeah, like I said at the beginning, I feel like every, like I do think he was trying, especially with like Yolanda. He was trying, but everything he said ended up being like, what was he telling Mike? What was the thing you were telling Mike? Like, that was the worst one for me. Like, that was your advice for Pat's kid. Like, if Pat had caught you giving his kid that advice, like, God, like, I don't, I don't know. And then Rick, like, I, we know, we know there's a reason the hourglass has a limit. Like, I, I know maybe this is a journey Rick has to go on by himself and all of that, but boy, can you imagine Rick without limits? I, we're going to see it, but like, hello, my baby boy needs love, food, and limits. He needs firm boundaries. You know what babies need? Our baby boy, they need firm boundaries of what they can and cannot do. And he right. cannot be at full capacity 24-7. Especially after the way he's behaving with Cameron. And I'm not saying Cameron doesn't also need limits. Because, I mean, everyone needs limits in this show. But Rick and Cameron are going to get into it. Like, I, there's no way they won't. Like, Rick is trying to pull the Big Brother card. And then I appreciate the Big Brother card. It's just we haven't spent enough time with the kids this season. So when he tries to pull the Big Brother card with Courtney, I'm like, Rick, baby, what? Hello. 
Like, and then Courtney and Yolanda haven't even spoken. So it's because now Yolanda's acting like it's weird that she has a thing for Cameron. Girl, you knew this. Remember when you two were actually friends who talked? Yeah, and like Yolanda clearly, I don't know if she's necessarily surprised that they're like seeing each other, but she certainly disapproves too, just as like strongly as Rick does. But like when you have a crush, it just doesn't matter who approves, who disapproves. I did really, really, really like seeing um, Pat and Barbara together, though, like their own little moment at the diner where they're talking about like, oh, is that what that is? <laughs> it was oh, Pat. Super He's cute. So sweet. He was like, just like a dad. He was like, I don't get it. Courtney's being weird. And Barbara's like, yeah, she has a crush. It's normal. Yeah, and that's what they wanted for her. They wanted her to have some sense of normalcy. And I know it's very normal to have a crush on someone who may not be super great for you in the long term. I mean, that is true. But, like, Courtney should have picked. Like, I hate what I'm going to say. But I think Cindy Berman is right. Okay? I know this is a shock. But, like, I appreciate what Cindy was trying to do. I think she was probably a better friend than Courtney's friends were. She was trying to look up for Courtney. She went and tried to figure out if Cameron was dangerous. Um, she doesn't have the best methods, Cindy. Like, we're not going to argue that she's um, got a bedside manner, but she was trying. And she was being genuine sort of in, in her wanting to protect uh, Courtney. And I also think she is right in the whole thing she t told Courtney, like, Hey, this is not gonna work, especially not with the secrets that are being kept here. Like, have you met his grandparents? Even Cindy was like, Have you met his grandparents? Because, um, and yeah, and that's gonna be a problem, and it's gonna be a problem soon. And Courtney just seems like, like I know she's a kid, but the level of how can you be so naive? Like, you literally are standing here, like, look, the storm is coming. But maybe if I close my eyes, it won't hit me. Like, what? Oh, maybe if I close my eyes, it won't hit me. <laughs> well, yeah, I agree with you and how Cindy was handling everything. She did have that. The, we did get an interesting reveal through Cindy's conversation with Cam that he he was basically institutionalized when he was a kid. So that's like. That's like the level of background trauma that we have with Cameron. And I think just a tiny little poke at it. Like, let's say, for example, your girlfriend was involved in killing your dad. Perhaps that may unleash some of that trauma that's stored in the back of his mind somewhere. Um, yeah. And what Cindy says, and this can this ends only one way. Yeah. Yeah. She's right. Who'd have thought? Cindy. Right. Cindy is right. The Crocs did their job, did their research. Um, proud of them. Like the enemies of like the show, the ISA is like stepping up here. They're all doing fine. Like, I mean, I the Crocs, like their methods are still questionable, just as Cindy. But they're getting the job done. And they are cute together too. And they're like 
oddly happy about it too, which is so delightful. <laughs> like they're just so happy and how they're like trying to help, even though it's not the best way. Right. And I, I absolutely love in that scene in the diner, how they come and like when they talk about their methods and Barbara's like, oh, Paula's like, no, no, that's not what I should have done. Like, oh, like, I thought it like was your face just totally changes. Like right. smiling and then shaking. No, that's not what we did. Yeah, the 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 comedy levels of those four together have been great. Like one of the best things about this uh, show in season three, and the season three has had way too many scenes of just Sylvester doing nothing by himself with the staff. I care not for Sylvester. I care not for the staff when Sylvester has a staff, and uh, I'm just like, why? why and then everyone just not noticing courtney like i was half expecting someone to come in as she was kissing cameron like outside the house it's like mm -hmm. hello is no one like checking and then they're all like i mean i'm not saying pat and barbara are bad parents but they're all very relaxed about rules or curfew and things like that it's like oh courtney isn't here and it's nighttime oh well she must know what she's doing like i trust her i was like okay bye <laughs> As long as she has the staff with her, she's okay. Um, but she didn't. Sylvester had it. That's true. So no one wants to check on Courtney, who, like, never has her phone on also. Like, right. come on. Really? Like, a teenager who doesn't have her phone? Really? But that should have been the first clue for Pat. Like, a teenager that doesn't answer her phone is with a boy. Or with totally. a girl, like it's there's romance there. You're not answering your phone, so it is what it is. Yeah, I think, um, like we said before, not only are we're not getting a lot of time with the core right now, but we're also like poor Joachim and Mike. <laughs> they just they also keep trying, like how they're trying to recruit Cindy to join their team, and she just like literally laughs in their face. But wasn't that the best scene? Like, she was straight was. up like, never going to happen. Never going to happen. I was like, I was so funny. And that's like, that's a big sister move too. Like, as we're talking about like these like different relationships and how they relate to Courtney, but it also relates to like Mike and his relationship with the rest of the team. How they, he's very much seen as like, not only Courtney's little brother, but like the team's little brother. Like they're just gonna pick on them, but no one can mess with him. Right, right, absolutely. And uh, only I can mess with my little brother way, but my little brother can't join the team, kind of way. And exactly. it's funny. I, I, I've, I've appreciated. I think this episode did have more moments with the team than we've gotten the entire season, and I appreciated that. Like we actually got to have a conversation or a couple of conversations between the core four and then Pat and Barbara had finally had a scene together alone, um, even if the crocs interrupted. Um, and we got a lot of Cameron and Courtney, which again, like kids, like you got evil grandparents and you left the door open. Like, I don't know about these kids. Like at that age, I would have been desperate to close the, the, the door. Like I would have never left the door open like that unless I was forced to leave the door open like that. Then his parents are gone. He only has the grandparents who probably letting him get away with murder. But he left the door open? Like, while he was with a girl? Cameron, come on. 
How come no one in this town locks their doors? Close your doors. Lock your doors. God, Blue Valley. Yeah, and then bad parents. Like I, I that was sad, but I think necessary because they were gonna get killed. I mean, we haven't gotten to the part of the season where I'm worried everyone's gonna get killed, but they were gonna get killed because they were. What were they doing? They were just trying to be superheroes without superpowers and without any real thought about what that means. Yeah, I mean, I think. The stakes have to keep getting raised in order for there to be payout at the end of the season. So I think we're still we're still building and waiting for when that's going to happen. And I think the Cameron Courtney thing is going to be like really key to all of that, as well as who we know is coming in. Like we know Jade is coming back. We know Director Bones is coming back. But we still have to figure out, like, the whole gambler murder. Because lest we forget, <laughs> there was a murder. So that, like, scene in the beginning actually kind of confused me. So I I'd like to know your, like, interpretation of it. So did Cindy actually stab the gambler or not? I think she was possessed by something. I'm, I think it might be her dad or there might be a little bit of something. That's what she's trying to get rid of. Like, it felt like she did stab the gambler. Her body did. Mm-hmm. But she really wasn't in control of what was going on while her body stabbed the gambler. That's what it appeared like to me. and That's why I think she got the computer. To figure out what was happening to her. Mm. Um that's what I got out of it, and that's interesting, and it's weird we didn't go back to that um, the rest of the episode till the end where Yolanda... Like, I, I don't even think we should have given Yolanda more reason to be like, yes, I was right. Yolanda and Rick just need to be contained. Like, they are a bad combo, and when Courtney's not there to, like, sort of bring them down, they're just a bad combination. And, and Sylvester obviously did not help at all. The way that like Courtney was like Courtney, yes, all like last season and the season before. Now it's like Rick and Yolanda, yes, like I'm just gonna go do this thing. I'm not gonna have any limits. I'm just gonna go look into Cindy's house. Like they are just taking every opportunity to just go for it. Right. I'm just. I feel bad for poor Beth, who's like in the middle of trying to juggle like being sort of the common sense of the team, but like she can't because everyone's just off doing their thing and no one's paying attention to her. And it's, it's a lot. Um, and she's just trying to do a math test. Like without, give the girl some without, space. Without cheating. She didn't want to cheat. God, she was so cute when she was like, no, I don't want the answer. My babies are smart. Uh, when they care about school, because I mean, I haven't seen Courtney in school in a while. I mean, I know she goes, sort of dresses and, and goes, but I don't know that she actually does anything there. We see her at lunch. Oh, yeah, she has lunch. <laughs> she has lunch at school. We know that. She has a backpack. That's all we know. That's all we've seen. A backpack. I think she and has lunch. a locker. Uh, yeah, well, Cameron has a locker that we know. That's all <laughs> we see of him in school, too. He has a locker and he likes art. 
and he goes to lunch sometimes. Everyone goes to lunch. That's all they go to school for. That's true. But also Cameron, baby. Like I know I've had issues with Cameron in general, but Cameron, baby, you've already had issues with Ray. Okay, why would you just go be you in front of Courtney's friends? Like, isn't there like I know the the romance of it all is like confusing them, but like, where is the common sense? Like, I know you guys are teenagers, but like, uh, some subterfuge would be good here. Subterfuge? Do you know any teenagers capable of subterfuge, Lizzie? Not to speak yeah. ill of teenagers, but in Come general, on. I remember being a very um not subtle person. Right, not subtle, but like even I think even as a teenager, you sort of had an idea of what was gonna go wrong. Um, and Cameron just seems to just bypass that. Like, does he want to fight with Rick? I know we're gonna end up like they've been primed for a fight since a while back, and because I mean, Rick, I think Rick in, in general just wants to fight everyone. Um, and Cameron's there, and Cameron also has some anger issues too. He wouldn't mind taking out on Rick. So that's going to be not fun when it happens because I think it's going to happen for sure. Um, and we don't even have to worry about whether Rick eats or is in good health before that because apparently he's got the hourglass and now he fixed it because Sylvester said some nice words to him. He fixed it and now he's got no limits. He's got no limits and a seemingly endless supply of apples, which we did see again in this episode. So we know he's getting some fruit, some servings of fruit. That's good. That's the, all he eats. The base of a balanced diet in the nutrition triangle, you know. How does he pay rent? How does he pay, like, electricity bill? Like, I don't know anything about Rick. No one asks these questions. I think the only other thing I kind of wanted to talk about with this episode was um, how Barbara, like, gets emotional and tears up when she talks about Mike. I thought that was very sweet because we haven't really gotten moments with them. And, like, they've had their moments in previous seasons. So I did really like that callback to, like, the special bond she and Mike have. Right. I, I think we've gotten a lot of focus on Pat and Courtney's special bond. So that was nice to see. <clears throat> I also don't think we've, like, outside of the comic we read, which was, like, between seasons, we haven't gotten really family moments with the four of them. Um, we barely, I, I don't even know if Mike and Courtney have had words, like, they've had scenes together and, like, family scenes, but... Sylvester has been there in all those family scenes. We don't need him. You ain't part of our family, Sylvester. I am sorry to tell you, you are not part of this family. You can go. Also, also, that, like, the, the costume is ridiculous on a grown man. Like, I'll take it on Courtney, okay? But on a grown man, that's just a ridiculous outfit. It's because it's the stars make the upper body very broad, but then there's like no color variation down below, right? So it just, it, it yeah. makes your proportions kind of weird, I think. Right, like you're no Captain America with the stars spangled. No, I'm sorry. Right, yeah. Yeah, only Chris Evans pulled that off. Yeah. No yeah, offense, Joel McHale. 
No, but that's a very bad comparison for Joe McHale. Like, if you're being compared to Chris Evans, you're probably going to lose. But just in general, the the outfit does not work. Um, stay in, like, normal clothes, Sylvester, if you have to stay, which i rather you didn't. Like, I generally want you to find happiness and some purpose away from Blue Valley. <laughs> Thank you. Right, because as we know, there aren't any jobs available in Blue Valley unless he too is going to work at the diner. Maybe he can learn how to make tea and help Maria out. Maybe he can learn to make coffee as good as she makes tea. And then Mm. the diner will be perfect. Sounds like a plan. Or no, it's not a plan because he needs to leave. (laughs) God, if he only appears to serve people coffee, I would be happy though. I just, I don't, I don't know. I need the episode to stop being about him. Like, he can be in a nice coma for five episodes. Just a, oh, what I wouldn't give for just a nice relaxing <laughs> coma right now. <laughs> like, right, he got knocked hard last episode and he still woke up right away. So sad. God. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't know that we have much more to say other than we just want more of the kids. Like some things are building up and they're yeah. inevitable. And but when you build them up, but you don't spend enough time building them up because we're wasting time on Sylvester, um, they'll be less emotional when they do happen. And we do have two seasons of build up with the kids, but we're greedy because we like these characters, mm-hmm. so we want more. Um, and we don't like like. I know you've tried, but like, it's like that mean girl's like, stop trying to make make fetch happen. Like, stop trying to make Sylvester happen. Like, it's not, it's not gonna, gonna happen. happen. <laughs> nope. Yeah, that should be our tweet for the week. Stop trying to make Sylvester, Sylvester happen. happen. Perfect. Well, I can I can think of anything better that we can end this episode on. So visit stargirlpodcast.com for all the latest news about the Stargirl show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stargirl Podcast as well. Subscribe to Stargirl Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us up with some five-star reviews. Don't forget that we're part of the DCTV Podcast Network with podcasts for all the DC shows at dctvpodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DCTV Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last but not least, subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. DCTV Podcast also has its own tea public store. So if you're interested in DCTV related merch, click on the link in the show notes and get some awesome gear as it does support the network and allows us to continue to make these podcasts. And if you have any questions or thoughts about Stargirl, email us at stargirlpodcast at gmail.com. And see you next time. Bye-bye.